this moment is your life. This is your whole life right now. This conversation between you and me, this is our life right now. What do I want? How much of myself do I want to bring to this moment, to the table right now? How much do I want to be open and real and vulnerable and connected? I can be 10% or I can be 100%. It's my choice. That's being an adult. Hello everyone, I'm Julian Lee, your host, and today I'm so honored again to have my friend Rachel Yona Shalev. She is a very, very experienced healer and yoga teacher. Welcome, Rachel. Hello, Julian. So nice to hear your voice. Yes. Excited voice. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, life should be exciting, right? Yes, I think that, you know, life is short. We never know if this is our last moment and we have to live it like it is. And I think that that's kind of what you're doing for a lot of us. You're reminding us that we can be excited about just anything. And that's, that's, that's real vitality. That's what vitality is. That's what healing is about. Of course, and you're on your side as well. And I know that you are going to be proudly marching towards your 60, right? Yes, in uh, oh, two, uh, three weeks. Yeah, Mazatov. And I know that you're also doing a lot of new projects and doing healing of yourself and to others. You're doing a, a hosting a yoga retreat for women in Sinai, right? Yes, yes. Well, I would say that um, there's a lot of, um, it's a turning point in my life for other reasons. Also, my marriage recently ended about eight months ago. And um, I think that combined with the 60th together at the same time is kind of pushing me into a kind of a new version of myself or, you know, the next level. What the 60 means to you? Hmm. Well, I guess it's, it's being an adult. It's saying you're actually, I'm an adult now. And it's time. Just when you're 60. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to happen before 60. That's the good news. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very confusing if it doesn't happen before 60. But let's just say it's the next level. So right now, being, a re- being an adult and a responsible adult means it's time to live up to my highest potentials of myself. This is the time. Mm-hmm. That's what it is to be responsible right now. My, my survivor st- stuff, my work, job, career, things have to be in order but my priority is everything is moving through that funnel of being the highest version of myself right now, moment to moment. Yes. And that could mean, and that could mean being super vulnerable and crying. That could be the highest version at that moment. I think I like what you say that like actually being an adult is realizing and actualizing the full potential of who you really are. Well, I would say before that, I would say it's realizing that that this is that this is the time to do it. There is no other time to do it. This is yeah. the time to do it. You mean now for every single person now? Becoming the adult is realizing that this moment is your life. Mm-hmm. This is your whole life right now. This conversation between you and me. This is our life right now. What do I want? How much of myself do I want to bring to this moment to the table right now? How much do I want to be open and real and vulnerable and connected? I can be 10% or I can be 100%. It's my choice. That's being an adult. And how do you feel about like this path of evolving? Like since you were, were you that vulnerable and open when you were 
in your 30s already or like it's no gradual no. process no no i become much more open with with every difficult thing that has happened in life with everything you know that the, the curveballs the life has sent um i was blessed to be able to use them ultimately for um for higher development and so the older i get the more curveballs like this last one with the, my marriage ending in an yeah. untimely unexpected shocking way um it was kind of like bam i needed to, i needed to choose choose it right now yeah. this is the time this is this is it there's no more playing around Yeah, it's like the bigger the pain is, kind of like the more you become mature. I mean, hopefully, you know, if it if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger, right? So, it's also possible to collapse because you know the the human experience is so complex and so painful that not everybody can can contain it. It's a really, really hard thing to contain for everybody. Yeah. So do you do you feel like now you are already coming out from the pain from the divorce, or you're still working on it? I'm still working on it, but I can definitely feel that I'm in a new place. I've, I'm like in a, there's a different air here. It's different oxygen I'm breathing. You know, I'm not where I was two weeks ago even. Mm. So you know, this was probably the most painful thing I've ever gone through, and. Um, And I'm starting to, I've, you know, I'm starting to come out of the tunnel. I can feel it. I can, I, I can see there's a lot of explosive light on the other side. That's great that you you have such a strong hope, holding in you. Well, I don't always have hope. I don't always have hope for what I ultimately want, which 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 I think what I want is to really share my life with another person. And And I'm I'm really in a debate with myself whether what 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 is actually more exciting and fulfilling. I think it's equally fulfilling to have a really exciting, amazing life with yourself, and you know, close friends. And it's very different life to have it with an intimate partner who's on your team 100%. percent. Those mm. are two different realities of going through life. And I think in. In the like this context of a divorce and relationship, it it comes to be especially hard when it comes to betrayal, right? Come down to. Yes, absolutely. Because betrayal is not just you're not just losing the person in your life, but you're losing the person that you thought he was. Like you believed, I believed he was something, and the process, the pain is 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 pulling myself out of. Believing he was this when he wasn't—he wasn't really who I thought he was. That's yeah. incredibly, incredibly painful. So you lose your trust, you lose your faith, and so I cannot say that my faith has not been shaken because my faith has been shaken. It's like you challenge yourself with the whole belief system. It's like everything that I used to—I thought that I had a bright eye. Oh my God, everything is wrong. Right. Right, so I, I, that takes that part takes a really long time to recover from. I'm finding. Yeah. I can. I can. It's easier to let go of the relationship than that part. Much, right. much easier. Yeah, it's more about like, how would I be blind? Yeah, or you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> and and I thought I was seeing everything. You know, you think you're seeing and you're not. So. It's it's really the hardest thing. It's really the most painful thing to to. But but what? But it pushes your butt and it makes you. It forces you to see more. 
do I see everything? No, it's always another piece. So now I see another piece and my vision has expanded. My vision in, in life and the world has expanded. Is this because of the nature of this divorce? So it's become much more painful for you than compared to the failure of other relationships in your past? Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can see that. We have to ask for you for some advice or like, how, what do you do? Because there are maybe a lot of women out there when they are listening to this podcast, they might be going through this process or has been hurt and it has become a huge trauma in their life. Even they continue to live their life. So what, how, what should they do? So <laughs> that's a very good question, Julian, and very sensitive to women that you're saying yeah. this that way. I would say that the process is a, an ongoing, continuous process of cultivating self-love. And that can be done and is done in so many ways. But as long as we keep remembering that we're in a process of self to get to higher self-love, more complete self-love. And if that means that I'm going to stay home and cry by myself in the living room um, alone and choose that to get to the very bottom of my grief, and I'm doing that out of self-love, then that's just as great as taking myself out to a restaurant or getting a massage or a pedicure or, you know, even better. Mm. I don't want to compare. I'm saying there's so many ways to practice self-love. But, but the way to really do it authentically and get to a new place, a place of transformation, is that you have to go through the dark shadow part. If you right. go through the dark shadow part, you bypass it, and then you just get, you go back to the same pattern with the next person. Because it's impossible to, okay, I just get through this very painful experience, mm-hmm. and then I just go to, okay, I go on party and be fun. It's impossible not to have this period of grief. Yes, grief and, 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 and embracing the grief when you can. Meaning part of it is saying, I can't embrace it, and then figuring out how to embrace the grief. And mm-hmm. to the level that you embrace the grief you experience joy and bliss. The same yeah. level, same level. But what would be the um, uh, problem if I try to shorten the period of grief or just bypass that and go straight to, okay, I go to hang out with friends and to just party, to ignore my painful side? Well, I mean, you know, that's what, that's what most of us do all the time. I mean, all the, all the addictions that we have to alcohol and drugs and sex and attention and love and and internet and every possible uh, invention practically is in order to distract a modern invention to distract us from feeling our pain. I mean, that's what everything is catered to. The society's catered for you to not feel your pain. And there's that's a gazillion dollar industry. It's a, it's a good industry to, uh, to keep putting money into because everybody on the planet has loads of pain, all of yeah. them, even if we had good parents and who knew how to parent, you know? Um, and so there's no end to distracting yourself. 
Right. You can easily be alone and spend a week without talking to anybody and be completely distracted. That's not like a meditation or anything, you know? So as you're a healer, do you think that actually healing or this kind of therapy is to get people to in touch with their pain? So, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's so many different kinds of healing, but I think I would, I'll speak for the way that I work is that is that we, I believe with the person I'm working with, with my the patient who's with me, the person on the table, that as much pain as their nervous system will allow them to feel. And so, because it's all about how much can one contain? Okay? How much pain can one contain? You know, when terrible things happen to us, we can't feel it all. We can't. And so we, we, we store it and we store it in a safe place. And then later we go through a process where slowly, slowly we can feel more pain. So to the extent that we can contain that pain, that's what I'm going to work with with somebody in a session. Only with the amount of pain that is bearable for them, and that's what we're going to touch and taste and experience and explore. Mm. You know, to, more, to a little bit more freedom, a little bit more freedom so that they can then, when they're ready to you know, approach the next part, the next piece of feeling. So in, in practically speaking, what do you do? How do you help your patient to do that? So I, well, when I'm working with people, say, on the table, um, I have my hands on their um, on their body, on their skin, first on their backs. We work on the back. And I also do this online with people, so I don't have to have my hands on. Yeah. But it's a process of, of being with the person and deeply listening together to what is what is alive right now in their in their system, in their body, in their mind, in their emotions. What is what is here right now? What is present? And then with what is present, we, we give that space, right? Because what is distraction? A distraction is we're saying, I'm not willing to be present with what is, right? Yeah. I'm saying, I don't want to be present with what is, so I'm going to distract myself with TV, with, with my computer, with food, you know, the whole list, right? Drugs, alcohol, sex, attention, um, whatever, work. And... When I'm going to be with somebody and we're going to be listening moment to moment, that's slowing everything down and helping this person feel what is alive, what is awake. And so that's going to be underneath the outer layers of I want to get out, I want to distract myself, I don't want to feel my pain. And then in that deeper level, there will be the pain or the fear. Mm. And we'll be able to feel that, the amount of it that's present right now that's available that's available and then once that's felt it's like you know you have a pot like you have a pot of food and you have a lid on the pot and it's steaming and it's really it's cooking it's cooking it's cooking right that's that's like our nervous systems with all our trauma and then if i want to let some of that steam out i'm going to take the lid off and let a little bit of steam out of the pot get that steam out take the pressure off and then put the lid back on that's kind of what a session is yeah, I remember you told me privately that, like, investing, the best way to invest on yourself is go to therapy and deal with your trauma. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best investment you can make. Yeah. Because otherwise, keep boiling underneath, right? Yeah, because then you have freedom. When you've, the, more you've op- the more you let that steam out of yourself and, you, you know, you give it space, you have more space, you mm. have more freedom, 
and your body changes, the contractions that your body is holding, the form, the position that your body is holding. Some people, you know, with curved backs or heads pushed forward or, you know, different things in the spine. These are developed, they develop with our emotional makeup. That's how our bodies form and hold those emotions. So when you do this work regularly, your body actually changes. So this is like, there's a huge connection between our psychic and our body. Oh, yeah, that's 100%. 100%. Yeah, every experience that you've had from, you know, in utero mm -hmm. has, has gone into your body on a cellular level. So mm -hmm. there's a cellular memory of everything, the good and the bad, right? The trauma and the celebration. And that's what we carry. And if the more we, we, we put it off or we distract and we distract, we distract, our bodies start to, to hold that more and more so that you can you know, look at a person's body and see the trauma in the body. It, it's easy even for an untrained eye to see a tra traumatized body. We all have it. And even if we, we think it's totally normal, we get used to that as being normal for us. And it is, it's part of us, because these, th th this formed who we are, these traumas. So do you feel like my, how's the trauma reflecting on my body? Or in general, I'm quite healthy. No, I can't, no, no, I can <laughs> I can see like maybe as something that could be um, your lower back is very, is, is narrow and tight. Yeah. Right? So what, what... What possibly it could mean? Well, you know, the um, this area is your first, you know, your first chakra, your first and second chakra. Yeah. So this has to do with a lot of survival, survival issues, um, surviving in the world with your family, uh, be, being who you are, and being with the parents that you came into the world with. Um, issues around money and work. Yeah. Work, job, career, family, home. These are all there. And sexuality. Sexuality is like right at the root. So something in that, in that realm, in those realms, which is constricted or tight and narrow in some way. The lower part of your spine being tight in a certain way. Yes. Compared to your shoulders, for instance. Right. Your neck and shoulders, which are very open. Yeah. And the neck and the shoulders that are open are like ear communication like what you're doing right now right communicating reaching out to people bringing people together right from your heart to your hands and yeah. all that part is so much more open than the base of your body which is about survival yeah. so it's like you've got some, a piece missing like you're like you might you're bypassing something and going right into the giving, 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 opening, 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 sharing, sharing, sharing. And then what's going to happen if you don't have a strong foundation is that you're going to wipe out if you don't go back and rebuild your foundation. Okay. Is that okay? That I, I mean, meaning, yeah, of course. Meaning, meaning there's an energetic price to pay. Oh, you, I understand. you relate to that? I can. I can totally relate to that. Okay. So, like, so, so, so you can think of one example of what is an energetic price that you pay. If you want, you can share it here on the podcast if you want to be vulnerable. What would be an energetic price that you're paying for this kind of um, incongruity 
between this openness and this, yes, everything you, I'm here and I'm giving myself 100% and sharing and bring all of that energy with this um, base of contraction in the survival, the beginning of your life, basically. I, I, feel, I feel that because I feel like I'm depriving it my energy. For example, yesterday, I worked the whole day. Uh, I was like teaching, conducting the choir, I go to the church, like from the morning until the evening. And then I have to have one whole day to recover. Yeah, right, right. Like I need one full day to recover, like doing okay. nothing. So, so either you're going to, if you continue doing what you're doing, you're yeah. going to always need to be in recovery mode. Yeah. Or you find a way to create more balance in in the two parts of yourself, and that's that would be your healing work. Is that so that you know you have a an inner th barometer? You have an inner thermometer bar barometer that warns you beforehand that you're doing too much on the public, you know, on the public stage kind of thing, yeah. and that. You need to go back inside and go back and do some foundational rooting work. Now to meditate, to... Whatever it is, <laughs> no. you know, there's a huge list of things that you can do, right? Right. Uh, meditation, um, sil uh, silence with yourself, walking barefoot in the sand. You know, you can have a list of 100 things you can choose from. Yeah, yeah. and do you feel that, like, uh, of course, I mean, <laughs> it's related to how my relationship with my family so do you think like if I'm more reconciled with my family, it would resolve that more? What do you think? I think yes. <laughs> what do you think? I, I think for everybody, the more, the more uh, resolution that we can come to with our formative family, then the more space we have to be authentic and free in our lives. I mean, that's basic. And how you go about it is a different question. It can be a process you do between you and you, or between, this is for everybody, or if you have the opportunity to actually do it with them, that's even more profound. In fact, I'm having, I'm doing that right now with my mother, right now at 60. Wow, how it goes? Uh, well, you know, she, she was kind of a neglectful mother in many ways, especially emotionally. She was very neglectful of me. And a lot of, you know, things happened that shouldn't have happened because of that. And when this breakup happened eight months ago, and she's quite elderly and she's a little bit demented, yeah. she suddenly was completely connected to my emotional needs and started sending me messages every day. And she kind of never really paid attention to anything about me really in my life. And suddenly she began to message me and tell me how much she believes in me and, and you know, giving me strength and giving me... Um, advice and then she's been reading my memoir and critiquing my memoir and really believing that I'm going to be able to get it published and it's going to be successful. This is like an entirely new relationship I'm having with her. That's beautiful. How did she change her attitude in her 90s? That's unbelievable. <laughs> well, um, well, first of all, she this past year she got a, uh, a foreign worker and because she has a foreign worker who takes care of her, <clears throat> she doesn't have to be in survival mode anymore in her own life about, you know, how she's going to get out of bed and get breakfast. So she's more available to her emotions, and it's, it's really opened her up. It's given us in a way she got more space to be with herself emotionally now at 86, 85, 86.
That is amazing. That's amazing. I want to wind back a little bit. A lot of people, they also have have this trauma with family. Everybody does. One level or another, and and depending on how you know, you'll know how much trauma you have by how your life ends up being, <laughs> your level of dysfunction or function, your level of being able to be happy or not happy. Um, and if you don't go through anything uh, in your life, and you're really happy. Um, either you had really great parents, like if you didn't have to get some whack in the butt, but everybody does, so it doesn't matter. But you can see people who had, you can kind of tell when people had really good parenting. Or oh, absolutely. I have a few friends that I, I admire. They, they have great parents, and you can see they're just naturally joyful and happy all the time. And this has a really big effect on, on the, their children are usually going to be much more successful and happy in life. Yeah. Well, how we parent our children is probably the most important thing that we can do. The level, you know, the level of parenting that we give is crucial to the development of consciousness in the world. Right. So, for a lot of people out there, they, maybe they don't have the parents to work on, right? Like they have some trauma with their parents, but like their parents passed away already. But the effect is still so deeply rooted in them. What can they do to, to resolve this problem? It's, you know, they do their own healing process. They choose something that works for them and, and, and for, for us. And different things work at different times. Like I have the, 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 the method that I work with is called the Rosen method. It's very profound for working out these kinds of things. Um, but there's so many different methodologies and ways. There's you know regular talk therapy and um, cognitive therapies, all kinds of therapies to all kinds of new age stuff. So there's just an, there's an infinite uh, there's an infinite amount of of te techniques to work with, and people who can work with with people. You know, talented, gifted uh, practitioners and healers all over the world. So you just have to find the right match. Yeah, and the most important is that if you set out this intention, you yeah. want to deal with that, then it, yes, the yeah. way will come. Not everybody wants to do this. Not everybody. It took me a long time to realize that not everybody wants to do it. It's painful. It's not for everybody. You know, people are. There's plenty of people who are just happy as they are. They don't want to open up the Pandora's box, and I'm sure there's a good reason for that. So it's not for everybody. But if it's if you want to do it. It takes dedication. It takes ongoing dedication, and it can also cost a lot of money, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, but that's part of the dedication is saying, I'm investing in my own healing so that I can be happy and free. I mean, isn't that the ultimate goal, that we want to be happy and free? So, you know, there's a path to get you there, and there's many ways. There's many different ways on that path, but it takes commitment and dedication and, and true self-love. Yeah, I love myself enough to, to do this. Absolutely. So is there, apart from going to therapy and a lot of different kind of alternative methods to work with different professionals, are there also ways that people can work individually with themselves that, that is available? Just working on being present with what is, you know, with meditating, um, mindful practices, yoga practices, Anything that reminds you to be in the present moment, you know, making your gong go off, a Tibetan gong go off every hour, 
I mean, mm. it's just bringing yourself and saying, okay, this is my life. How do I want to be right now? I mean, if, and if, and the pain comes up, some pain about your mother, about your father, about something that upset you in your life and you, you feel that pain in the moment, allow yourself to contain it. Contain that pain and, and cry if you need to or scream if you need to or call a friend if you need to, but let it sit in you and percolate in you so you can have a little bit more space. You can take some of the steam out of that, you know, out of that fire. Yeah, that is beautiful, beautiful answer. And so like you, you have a mother of, Two children, right? I know both of them. They are beautiful children. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And a lot of work there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how do you do? You realize there's some trauma in them. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Do and how, how do you work with He's them? Up at night? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how do you work with them on the road as being a mother? Okay, that's a good question. So, a few things. One thing is, I try to be a good role model. I try to role model what I'm talking, what we're talking about. You know, being real, being authentic, choosing to be happy, and to show them that you know, even though they know I've been through really hard stuff in life, as they have, it's up to us to choose moment to moment to make to make this good moment. And so, I try to live my life like that. And then when it comes to them, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complicated dance when to say nothing or when to just, you know, smile and hang out and, and not have an intense conversation about something and, and just figure out how to have a good time together. I mean, I think, again, if that relationship, yes, the relationship also has to go through the dark side. You have to get to the bottom of your relationship and that's hard, right? To, to do that work with your, with your, you know, adult child. But on the other hand, it's important to make sure that you have a good time together and you enjoy each other's company and you have good talks. So I try to do both, you know, is it perfect? No. Never perfect. It is fantastic that you are so understanding as being a mother, you would try to navigate in a wise way. If you can go to therapy with with a parent that you know that you have issues and traumas with, and that's an incredibly good thing to be able to do. And I think usually parents are a little bit more conservative. For example, my parents in my case about uh, therapy, they feel it's oh, only people who are sick or they must be hardly damaged to go to the therapy. But actually, your parents do not live in the Western world, so in the Western world, therapy is like completely the norm, normative. Right. So how, for example, from your suggestion, what should we do? Like, I mean, for, for kids that they want to go through this journey with their parents, however, their parents might not be willing to. Mm. Well, in that case, I would just kind of open up the lines of communication to, to have a, start having a casual relationship with them where you, or maybe you share something of yourself with them. And see what, and see how they respond to that. Yeah. Just to open the conversation. Yeah, like instead of trying to f work out your relationship with them, try to get closer with them. Yeah, that is a good idea. Yeah, like you know, maybe make make a call once a week and tell them something like, "Hey, you know, I'm doing a podcast." 
or you know, share something with them that you normally wouldn't even know if they'd be interested in and see if they share something about their life or how they respond. And then, but with no expectation, you know, no expectation, just, you just want to get closer. That's the intention. Yeah, the intention. If your intention is to get closer, it can, it's, it will likely work. Right. Because a lot of time the ego just come on the way. Right. But if you're, if you're saying, you know, you don't want something from them, like you don't want them to suddenly say, oh, we love you. We, we approve of all your choices in life. Right. But you just want them to feel closer to you, to your heart and that they feel you in their heart. That would be a beautiful thing, right? That would be healing. I mean, from my own experience, like, you might know, and some of the audience might know that like, I came out to my parents around two, two three years ago, and they, they had rejected that. And I has been through a very painful but rewarding process Yes, within myself. It was like more one-sided because I haven't been touched with them for around two years, and I started to talk with them again a couple months ago. Huh? Yeah. So maybe, so maybe this can be this new development will also take you to the next level of your own healing. You know, oh. where you can get closer to them again. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I think like in the beginning, I was quite... I, I was thinking, is this their fault? Stay close-minded, blah, blah, blah. But slowly, slowly, they're more understanding coming through. I understand that they're also from a different culture, different background, and different era. So they have their own belief system that is difficult to be challenged. And I can totally understand. And even they rejected this part of my choice, it doesn't mean that they don't love me. Right, exactly. So at last, Rachel, would you like to share some wisdom, just one wisdom for everyone out there who might be going through all this trauma for, with their parents or on both sides, either parents or children? Yeah, I mean, in general, for everything, I would say I think the strongest um, practice that we can have is the practice of gratitude. I know that I'm not the only person saying that, but I will say it's really about finding something or a few things every day to be grateful for. And even in those relationships that were painful, like what you're saying, like that this, you know, you said this has been a very powerful experience for you to go through after you were rejected, basically your decisions were rejected by your parents and it was, you went through transformation. So to feel grateful for life exactly as it is, and I'm sure we can at least, you know, maybe have 10 fingers we can be grateful for and then really feel that and, and take that in. And then also towards something warm, a warm feeling towards somebody that we have a hard time with. Send them light. Send them something, some warm. Amazing. Thank you, Rachel, for your wisdom and your sharing. Thank you, Julian, for your curiosity and your enthusiasm and your determination to share of yourself, share yourself with the world. It's a beautiful and uh, the world is a better place because you are in it with your incredible optimism and depth, I will add. And Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For you as well. I appreciate the work that you have given to your community and everyone around you. 
Thank you, Julian. Okay, have a great night. Yeah, have a great night. So if you would like to have a therapy session with Rachel, then you can feel free to email her at rachel.yonashalef at gmail.com. R-A-C-H-E-L dot Y-O-N-A-S-H-A-L-E-V at gmail.com. Or you can contact her on through WhatsApp plus 972-54-314-6636. Then you can as well begin your healing journey to become more fulfilled and more joyful to live a full life. 